Here's an honest question. How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even fewer have the means to get professional financial guidance. Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical, to give accessible financial advice that puts you first. If you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing involves risk, but you don't have to know the ins and the outs of the stock market to start investing for your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you because we know you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. Give your money a new home with Betterment, peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. Hello and welcome to the Atheist Experience. We are broadcasting live on Sunday, December 3rd, 2017 with an audience. We don't, hello audience. <laughs> we, uh, we don't have an applause track, even though it seems like we're faking it, but uh, those are real people out there, hey. <clears throat> I'm your host, Russell Glasser, and with me today is John Iacoletti. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, glad Atheist. to be back. Hmm? Glad to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. Uh, happy holidays, and screw you, people <laughs> who are worried about a war on Christmas. Uh, the Atheist Experience is a production of the Atheist Community of Austin, a Texas nonprofit profit educational organization dedicated to promoting the separation of church and state and uh, positive atheist culture. Uh, so we've got just a... Just one brief announcement today, which is that there is a fundraiser that we are promoting. So if you guys would like to go to smithgirls.org, real simple to remember, and just check it out and uh, do what you want when you get there. Smithgirls.org. And this uh, is there's for, the website on the screen. And this is for the Smith family in San Antonio. Uh, uh, tr tragedy that happened last week. Uh, murder-suicide mm, and uh, some, right. somebody in the not in the atheist community of Austin but in the greater atheist community and uh, I didn't know the Smiths uh, I understand that Scott was involved with recovering from religion podcast and uh, it's just a really sad story <clears throat> and our, our our hearts go out to the family and yeah. uh, there's three young girls who now have don't have parents and uh, we, we want to support this fundraiser. It's, it was set up by a family member, uh, and uh, that's why we're mentioning it on the show, to, okay. to go ahead and help them out if you'd like to. Yeah, thank, thank you for filling that in. Sorry, I shouldn't have yeah. glossed over it. Yeah, a lot of us uh, are familiar with it, but maybe not everyone in our viewing audience has heard the story yet. So, Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. 
let's see. So we'll get to calls pretty soon. I just wanted to uh, mention a couple of things. First of all, um, I saw Coco yesterday, and uh, it was great. I mean, I'm I'm a longtime Pixar fan because you know I'm a computer science guy, and uh, they were a trailblazer in computer animation, and they do really great movies, which are also philosophical and always so darn sad. Um, but Coco is really interesting. I heard some people saying they weren't thinking of seeing it because it deals with this strange mythology that's, uh, that's basically about uh, uh, Mexican uh, Catholicism and the Day of the Dead type stuff. Um, and I've never been one to shy away from religion as entertainment. Uh, basically, religious mythology, it, it has all kinds of interesting and cool stories that, that are, uh, I, I mean, you know, the same as the superhero universe, uh, Marvel stuff, completely unbelievable, but really fun to spend time in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a really touching story and some great music. Uh, and funny thing, so, I mean, uh, according to this mythology in Coco, uh, basically, uh, the dead are celebrated once a year, uh, and, and this is real uh, Mexican mythology, uh, they, they set up uh, li little altars with candles and photos to these people, and... Uh, if your family remembers you, uh, uh, then then you, a spirit living in the land of the dead, get to cross over for an evening and hang out with them. And it's it's kind of nice and sweet. And it brought up a ton of questions at the end, as because just like with a lot of religious stuff, it doesn't stand up for a moment under any bit of scrutiny. Like like once you try start trying to deconstruct the rules, um, it's really interesting because uh, you know I'm not going to spoil anything about the movie, but basically you get to live on as a spirit, and and if you're a well-known person. Uh, like, as long as people remember you, you get to keep hanging out in the land of the dead. But once you get forgotten by the living, oh, okay. uh, you start to fade away. And then, and then I don't know, because when people disappear from the land of the dead, they don't mention whether there's another land of the dead after that or whether they just cease to exist. <laughs> hmm. And... Just like a lot of religious explanations of big mysteries, it, it seems like they're just papering over another problem because if people can just cease to exist, then why are you having an afterlife in the first place? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but <clears throat> the, uh, like I said, the movie was, uh, was really artistic and heartwarming and, uh, and I, Super recommend it. Cool. Uh, and I don't know. Um, I'm kind of in the mood to talk about Roy Moore, but you know, the nonprofits is coming up on Wednesday, so I think you can just tune in then to see what I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> we like to talk about current events there. Yeah. Uh, but here we like to talk to theists, and so we're going to start talking to Mark in the UK. Hello. Hello. Hi, Mark. Yeah, hi. Um, so I'm going to speak about purpose. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, so my question to you guys, sorry, you caught me a bit of God. Um, so my question to you guys is, um, <clears throat> do you believe everything happens for a reason? No. I'm not really sure what that means well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on what you mean by reason. But I bet that in the sense you're talking about it, probably we don't believe that. Like, like some overarching purpose? Really, so you, so you, you, have, you don't believe anything. So do you believe it's like um, when things happen, there's no constant? For example, um, someone dies in a, fa in a family, you don't believe that was for a reason? Or? Um, it is, I mean, like I said, it's often for a reason in the sense that cause and effect is a thing. And so, and so something caused that. But uh, I don't believe that there's some sort of master intelligence that decides who's, who's going to live and die. Okay. Um, well, I mean, not, not really in the grand scheme of things that there's a grandmaster that decides, you know, that, that, that would, the, the reason was, like, do you kind of want to believe in, in a destiny or a, there's a pre there's like a defined a, a destiny for your life, if that makes sense? Like, do you believe in destiny, like things happen for a specific... Uh, like it was no. sort of a dead, everyone has a destiny and no i don't, don't believe in that. i don't i don't see any evidence of that i think we create our create our own destinies yeah i think okay, people so. make their own decisions and determine the course of their own lives and there is no like pre pre established thing i believe in the back to the future model of the universe sure so this goes on to my next question about purpose in in with respect to um um or, you know, we were born into this earth without really, you know, with a short amount of time to decide whether they I mean, do you believe there's a purpose in life, firstly? Do you believe in purpose? There is a purpose for your life? There's a purpose for you being, existing and being on earth? I think uh, the purpose of my life is defined by me and, yeah. and some, in some sense, the people around me. Um, so, uh, could you give me an example of how you define your purpose and, and what is your purpose? Uh, I would like to be successful at my job. I would like to have a happy marriage. I would like to have, raise happy, healthy kids. And those are all uh, things that I personally would find satisfying. Uh, a lot of people would not care about, uh, like, having uh, career success. A lot of people think that the most important thing is to stop working as soon as possible and relax on a beach. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of it is personal opinion. Uh, a lot of people don't care about raising kids and in fact are opposed to the idea and would just like to remain child free. And that's also okay for them. So they get to make their decisions. So, and are you 100% sure that the only person that can define purpose for your life is you? I don't, I don't know what you mean by 100% sure, because I wouldn't say I'm 100.000% sure of anything. Well, without using a specific figure, are you certain that you're the only person that can define purpose for your life? Well, I didn't say I'm the only person. He, he mentioned that the well, people around okay, him so sometimes so help to... So you, so you said that you define your own purpose. Yeah. I'm rephrasing a little bit. Yeah, that's so. I'm so. saying, are you, are you the only person that can no. decide your purpose? 
Well, ultimately, I mean, other people can influence your mm-hmm. your decision on what your purpose is, but I think ultimately it's up to you. Right, okay, that's interesting. So other people can also, so external things around you can yeah. also de- de- define your purpose. Well, can influence. They can have I, input. Yeah, I would say influence, not define. Okay, so then what's the su- to suggest if we're limited to our knowledge that there isn't a a being out there called God, for instance, that can influence our purpose and actually provide a purpose for us when we're only finite and we're only here for a short amount of uh, time. Well, what reason would we have to think that there is such a thing? Because we're only here for a short amount of time. We don't uh-huh. know everything. Okay, so if you just imagine your life in the book, your computer scientist, right? So you know how a computer has like frames, you know, uh-huh. 60 hertz screen has frames. So imagine <laughs> you're just, your life is a, 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 a single frame within that. Okay. Um, multiple frames of, of... I mean, just like Coco, this is a cool and interesting mythology, and I'm willing to entertain the concept of it, but I'd need okay. a little bit more to go further and say that that's I, I'm just probably to give, true. I'm just trying to build the concept. Mm-hmm. So, right, so you have a short amount of space to do, to kind of figure out what exactly your purpose is, right, in life. Yeah. Um, so you don't really know what, you know, you, you have this short amount of time to work this out. But there, there could be an overseeing God that has seen everything from the beginning that can, that already knows your, kind of defines your purpose. And he tries to, and you know, you have this book called the Bible that was written for 2000 years and which, in which you see, you know, in which people can arrive at a purpose for their life because this has been going on for as long as you know. So you think that the Bible, uh, I mean, I, I feel like you're not just speculating. You are a person who thinks that the Bible defines your purpose. I'm saying that that's the best possible example. I don't think it's a good example. There's lots of bad stuff in the Bible. Have you read it? Well, I'm I'm saying it because it's it's been around for for longer than I've lived. So um, so has Homer's Odyssey, but I don't think that my purpose is in there. Although it's also got some cool ideas. So what I'm saying is that you don't know what your purpose is, right? If it's been defined for you, but we don't know that. I'm not aware that any God has defined any purpose for me, and I would need a reason to believe that. Exactly, right? So, I, mean, I mean, I think, I think you create your own purpose, too. So if, the, if, if you feel like the Bible gives you your, your purpose in life, then that's fine. But, I, you know, that doesn't mean that everybody should try to get a purpose what, what from I'm that book. Say, what you're saying is you define your own purpose. But I'm saying, how do you know that you define your purpose? How do you know it's not defined for you already? I don't well, understand what. Go on. I don't have any. I don't have any reason to believe that it's externally defined. I, you do. In, in my experience, in my experience, <clears throat> I have defined my own purpose, and, and it changes from year to year, or from. Yeah, but exactly, and it changes because it's, you're still trying to find it, because it's not. It's not consistent. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I think I'm redefining it. I don't think it's something out there that I'm trying what to discover. I think it's something that okay. I create. So yeah, you know, it's like, it's like writing. It's like if you're a an author, and you want to write a novel. Uh, <clears throat> George R. R. Martin wrote Game of Thrones, and a lot of people really like that. Uh, if I had to hazard a guess, it sure feels like he's burned out on that right now and looking for something else to do because he keeps putting off writing the sixth book. Uh, I don't hold that against him because the books that we have are really good and the, and I enjoy the show. Uh, 
but who am I to say that George R. R. Martin doesn't have, can't switch tracks and just uh, just pick up a different project? Everybody gets to do things. It's okay. fluid. Because if you, if you're, I mean, for me, my purpose is already defined, and I, I, I'm not changing my purpose if I believe okay. in God. Because well, it, I'm my glad you're happy defined. with the purpose that you've picked. Good for okay, you. I'm, 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 what I'm saying is that it, I don't have to switch and change because it's already, it's already defined within what the Bible says for me. If, if that, that, if you find that satisfying, then I'm happy for you. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that I, I don't feel that I've made that purpose for me. I feel like it's been given to me. I found my purpose, if that makes sense, rather than I've made that my purpose. It sort of feels like it's been defined for me, rather than. Um, and and it's, it's not just that <clears throat> I've I've I found it within this short time of frame. It's like, um, it almost feels like because uh, I know what you mean, like that you can because if you have nothing, if you don't believe in anything extra, you know, if you're believing in what you've just, you know, you've you. you you're born to this earth and, and you know, you, you're not open to believing in God, then of course you're going to find a purpose for yourself. But I, I feel like the, a, a purpose has been found for me. I, that makes sense. I feel like there's, there's, there's I, a reason for me. I mean, to me that, no offense, but that sounds a little sad and restrictive. I mean, why would you say that? Because, like, I wouldn't want my life to be pigeonholed and somebody tell me what to do and what to think. I would... Uh, I would rather have basically that autonomy of action and the freedom to find my own purpose. Yeah, but he does give us purpose, uh, uh, the freedom to find our purpose through our free will, because not everyone lives the same life, right? Right. Nobody um, will ever live the same life. <clears throat> I'm curious, though, you, you say you find meaning and purpose from the Bible. What, what specifically have you found in the Bible that's your, your meaning well, and purpose in life? I mean, from, from what I called in before, I mean, it was a collection of personal experiences um, and that those kind of personal experiences have led me to kind of um, the Bible and, and through the Bible, it's kind of um, multiple, more just praying and seeing things happen in my life um, and seeing God work in my life has just kind of brought me to, 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 to just kind of led me to that purpose. Um, like I said, it's, it's all about believing and, and really experiencing it for yourself. Um, and I also another question I want to say quickly, um, do you believe that, um, uh, so, so you don't believe prayer works and I want to touch on miracles as well. Like, do you, do you believe that miracles work? I think, uh, I think you should pick a topic because, uh, sure. we're going to, uh, time box this call a little bit. Okay. So, so I'm going to go into with, ethics now. With, yeah. I'm, what? I, I just don't feel we're going anywhere with the um, okay. purpose question. So, um, I think that's maybe a bit beyond um so my so my question on ethics is um i mean uh, how do you find uh, morality in your own life if you don't believe in god how do you find morality in your life if you believe in god if you don't believe in god no i'm asking you how do you find oh. it if you believe in god well consequences for my actions well, okay so, same so, answer yeah i would i would say the same thing <laughs> okay, i don't I, see I, why how a god is necessary to understand consequences my consequences are more sufficient than your consequences. Is that why? Is that like eternal reward and punishment? Is that what exactly, you're talking about? Right, eternal reward and punishment. Uh, but according to a lot of the theologists that I heard, 
many people believe that your actions don't actually matter and that the only thing is accepting forgiveness from Jesus Christ and uh, and then because everybody is so bad that they can't possibly be good enough to earn their own passage into heaven. I don't know if you feel that way or not, do you? Well, for, for me, what it was, it was it's more um, about love. So if I'm truly sorry for my actions and I, I'm trusting in God to change my heart to make me a better, to actually change me as a person. So you believe that God lets you into heaven based on your actions? It, I think it's based on your heart. Based on your heart? Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you commit a crime and... Uh, but your heart tells you that you didn't mean to, uh, then yes. you can still get into heaven because of uh, divine forgiveness, right? Well, I mean, if you repent, if you truly re repent from your sins and you're really sorry about it and, and you trust in God to change you away from that, which is called sin, then yes, you will go into heaven. Okay. And I think that but, makes perfect But sense. it's the repenting that matters, not the not doing it in the first place. Exactly, the repentance. So that because, doesn't because, sound like much of an incentive to uh, to behave if there's just a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, well, I said it's, I it's, wasn't going to really talk nice. about Alabama Senator <laughs> candidate uh, Roy Moore. Uh, but that, this, this is a good opportunity. <laughs> but this guy, I mean, this is an American politician who has been a prominent figure in politics, talking up his uh, his goodness and his, and his love of Jesus. Uh, and it turned out that he has abused or allegedly <laughs> abused his position as a judge for decades uh, to creep on like girls as young as 13 and right, go well, after I mean, sexual favors with them. Uh, so, so, so a person like that probably <laughs> hasn't truly, God hasn't truly changed his heart. So um, Apparently not. So, I mean, do you think he doesn't believe in God? Like, do you think he's been lying all this time? Well, I mean, when you truly believe in God and, and you really trust in God and um, you have received God, he would, he would certainly most certainly change your heart and he would make you. Um, so the Bible's not all about following. And I know you guys touched on the slavery topic about, you know, how can the Bible have slavery? And that was for something <laughs> at that specific time, for that specific culture that the people had understood that specific time. And I agree some of the parts of the Bible are becoming outdated. Um, <laughs> becoming is a soft well, way of putting I, I mean, it. I mean, and there's parts in the Bible where Jesus just came came to like update and say that was the old law, and now is that I've come to fulfill the law. So I, I believe that we're coming to. The they ought to give where... us a new edition, don't you think? Yes, I mean, well, it well, feels they that, like. Well, they... <laughs> They did that in the New Testament, so where we don't follow the law anymore. Yeah, but the New Testament about. has some pretty crappy stuff too, still. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, this is talk, talking about um, ethics and, and morality. It's, it's about changing your heart as a person rather than um, and, and bring, having the conscience within you to, to realize and to, to be sensitive to your, to, 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 to really, you know, where your heart is. I can't describe it, you know. So, I've, I've only, I've discovered it through my Christian faith. I never had this part of me before to actually it, realize that. It sounds to me, though, like uh, basically accepting the set of beliefs doesn't actually influence your behavior all that much. It is the part where you are... Uh, <clears throat> the the part where you are basically committed to being a good person and the part where you... And, and it doesn't 
strike me that people who accept Christian beliefs are particularly better behaved than non-believers. So it seems like I've, this this way of finding out morality isn't really going anywhere in particular. I wouldn't say that it's the fact that I have I, I'm a more better, better person or not. I, I feel that I've got, I, I was convicted um, by my actions, and that led me to to seek forgiveness from from Christ, who then. Yeah. forgave me i felt forgiveness but i mean if you do something I mean, I mean, bad i don't actually care if somebody else well, forgave you i mean the person I, I mean you know presumably when you do something bad other people are hurt by your actions so what good does it do them if somebody else forgives you well it's, it's not about how you affect others it's more about how you feel about your 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 own conviction if that makes sense so like if, if i feel like wow i'm a bad person and obviously because you've affected others yes of course you feel if you've harmed yourself, you, you can harm yourself and feel that conviction within yourself. Um, and then from that, you, there, there's kind of a, a, a change in heart, a, a process. I, I can't really explain it. It's, it's something that, um, that, that, that happens when you find Christ. Um, and I, I don't see that happening um, if I'm not believing in Christ. So I, I feel like I mean, as as I've kind of forgotten my point because uh, I don't know. Well, that may be the case for you, and that's and that's fine. But and I think we have some common ground that it's about the conscience, con, your conscience, and how your own actions affect people. Um, I've never had the Christian faith, but I still have a conscience, and I still see my effect on others. Uh, I just don't attribute that in any way to to a belief in a supernatural thing. But but what it is is that do you feel that? Um because you feel empathy for others and because you um, have a conscience, you feel bad when something happens or you, you have uh, this emotional awareness. Right. Um, do you, so you feel that you don't need law, you, you don't need um, any kind of law or any kind of, is there, is, is there a need for the law then? If we have our conscience, then what's the, what's, what's the point of the law? I feel, I mean, I think that uh, people coming up with laws to uh, constrain uh, other people's behavior is a has been demonstrated to be a good uh, social uh, uh, invention, basically. So why do we need laws then, if we have our conscience? Why? why no, I was just saying that laws are uh, a good way to uh, to get all of society on the same page and prevent people from doing too much harm to each other. And not everybody has, unfortunately, not everybody has consciences or, or they have other you know, issues or mental health issues or you know, there, there's a lot of things that can affect how you treat other people. So, 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 so if we need- So Mark, uh, you can, you can uh, make one more point and then we're gonna move on. Okay, I'll just make my last point. Um, okay. So the fact that we need laws um, already establishes that the conscience is not sufficient, and thus I d- is the conscience. See, we didn't say that the conscience was the only thing. Uh, I, in fact, the first thing that we said when you asked about purpose uh, was that it is defined by ourselves and also influenced by the people around us, and that includes the legal system. Right, but okay. Maybe we may misunderstood um, the topics because my point uh, is that the conscience. Why is don't you? Uh, why don't you try calling back next week? Yeah, I'll pull back. I'll pull back again. All right. Thanks. Cheers, Bye. Good discussion. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Uh, 
We're trying a new thing. Uh, hang on the line, and somebody else is going to pick you up uh, just briefly okay. after. Thanks. Thanks for calling, Mark. Yes. Thanks, Thank Mark. You. Ooh, I almost hung up. <laughs> uh, Old habit. The, uh, <clears throat> uh, the producers of the show have a purpose for me, which they've defined, and uh, <laughs> I need to make sure I follow that. Uh, we're going to Ken in New York. Hello. You there? Ken? Uh-huh. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Ken. Hello? Yes, uh, it's hey, you, Ken. Uh, Russell, hey. Yep. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I was not paying attention uh, <laughs> last second. It um, happens. But yeah, yeah. Um, my question is, um, what is your stance on removing um, theist materials, um, you know, like the little pamphlets um, that you sometimes find um, in the um, Watchtower sort of book? Um, how do you feel when you find those things in public? Um, just a background on how I came to this question. Um, I live in New York, obviously, and sometimes you find little booklets in the train, um, you know, spread throughout and left on seats. And they're eye-catching. They're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, we, um, as atheists, we kind of understand that, hey, none of this, you know, if someone finds this, it could <clears throat> be helpful to them, but it's, it could also be very harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I was equating it in my head to, oh, finding poison and, you know, <laughs> giving it to, and like, you know, just leaving it alone. And I understand it's not that dramatic. Um, so I've kind of scaled it down to finding spoiled milk in your fridge <laughs> and you know you could either put it back and say hey that's somebody else's problem maybe someone will drink it maybe not or you can you know do the right thing and just get rid of it because it's not useful to anyone anymore and i don't advocate you know smacking pamphlets out of people's hands or anything like that but you know if you're passively by yourself and you find you know a bushel of these pamphlets wouldn't it be best kind of just to toss them in the trash uh, personally, I just leave them alone. Uh, you know, it, if it's a, a, a public place that's kind of an open forum where anyone can leave <laughs> stuff out, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, I'm, I have no problem with equal access. And if they want to put their stuff there, and, and if the atheist community of Austin puts stuff out and, and it's not uh, closed to anybody, uh, you know, I would I would leave it alone. And if somebody's interested, they can pick it up. And if not, mm-hmm. they, they don't have to pick it up. Yeah, uh, you know, to me, uh, <laughs> when when you consider an ethical question, you have to include thinking about the magnitude of good or harm that it does. And to me, I, you know, I agree with you that probably it's a slight more amount of harm than good. But and so, if you want to pick that up and throw it in the trash, then then good on you. Uh, but for me, it's almost not worth the effort because the amount of change that that action will cause is almost so trivial. Like, have you read those pamphlets? They're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like anybody who's going to pick up one of these pamphlets from, like, Jack Chick or something, and then that's going to be the thing that pushes them over and and dumps them in some sort of dogmatic mindset, like, they were pretty close to gone anyway. And so mm-hmm. where I would put my effort is in having real conversations with people uh, 
and pushing back a little bit and and educating people to change their minds. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess throwing away a pamphlet that maybe somebody else would have read or maybe not, um, very little actual change in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Um, but um, I've been listening to the show for years now, and um, we've heard these anecdotal stories of how someone has been down on their luck at a particular time, and they happen across a piece of literature or like a you know some small suggestion that should warrant a little bit more like you know investigation. But since they're already desperate, they go for it. What I worry about is oh like you know what if that's the case? Like I yeah I'd leave this on the seat, and someone who's like you know feeling destitute comes along and finds it, and then that's their like you know snare. Um, and also a part of me is like, if I had an, any sort of atheist, um, uh, say propaganda or whatever, or like, you know, a pamphlet, um, theists wouldn't hesitate to toss that in the trash. Sure. Like I, I understand I, I would try and be honorable and say, Hey, like, you know, teach their own, but we both know that would instantly be seen by no one and tossed away or, um, marked up or something. Well, like and that. that's why I say, you know, feel free to throw these things away if you want to. Uh, but uh, people in general are really bad at assessing uh, the the bigger picture numerical impact of something as opposed to just an anecdote. Like you hear a preacher in the pulpit uh, and, and he says like, oh yeah, I was rock bottom and then I found this Jack Chick pamphlet and it turned my life around. Um, first of all, often those stories are bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, literally, preachers have, like, books of stories that they can read that didn't even necessarily happen to them. I've gotten this from people who have been involved, that you get a sermon book, and it includes personal anecdotes, and they encourage you to put your own spin on it. But whether it's true or not, the number of people that happens to is incredibly small, uh, again, speaking big picture. And, you know, I just Googled a Pew poll, which is already a few years out of date, but uh, there, there's been every indication for that for the last few decades, non-belief has been gradually on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea that somebody could pick up a pamphlet and then just have their mind completely changed isn't something that keeps me up at night. Mm. Well, and it strikes me as a little paternalistic too. It's like, I'm gonna decide what you are allowed to come across in the subway car or whatever. And so I think people can decide for themselves. And yeah, there may mm. be somebody who's, who's easily manipulated who might find it and be easily manipulated, but they're easily manipulated anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm, I, I err on the side of if it's if it's an error on the side of you know more free speech and not less mm-hmm. so. okay that makes sense and um yeah and i agree um it's i you know when that did happen it was months ago i didn't you know go around and toss them i when i was reading i threw away um but i figured hey it's you know teach their own and i thought about it for a while and like i said it's spoiled milk it's not going to kill anyone um i don't feel like i have anyone's life in my hand you know it's, right. it's a, yeah. you know it's their choice um but that was my question thank you gentlemen yeah. and uh you know i would just say if you want to make a bigger impact as an atheist then you can just start by being an out atheist because throwing away a pamphlet is not going to have nearly as much uh, uh, as much 
impact on people's lives as paying attention to opportunities that come up and just having uh, open, friendly conversations like we try to have on this show in your day-to-day -day life? Um, yeah, I'm very inspired by the show. I um, like to look at things from a, you know, a critical thinking um, point. And, you know, I, I had my opinion on it already, but I just wanted to see if my process, if my thought processes synced up with anyone else, you know, to kind of be like, okay, yeah, this, this makes sense um, sort of deal. All right. Well, yeah. thanks um, for calling. Thanks, Ken. No problem. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye. Yeah, that's a good distinction to make if it's if somebody's life depends on it. Like if I saw a, a used syringe laying on, you know, I might <laughs> carefully pick that up and throw it away because it could really be, you know, really hurt somebody. But sure. a pamphlet I don't think is really going to hurt somebody. Uh, I mean, I can see his point that you could make the case that it could, with some unusual set of circumstances, right. cause a bad turn in their life, but it just doesn't seem that likely. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I see one of those, and I pick it up and read it because they're funny. Right. Uh, let's see. Jeff on in uh, Connecticut. Hello, Jeff. Yes, hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Russell and John. Yeah. yeah this is Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Um, I am an a I am a theist, mm -hmm. and um, I I have listened to your show for a while. Uh, I'd say starting in the past three or four years. Okay. Um, I grew up pretty much in a a nominal Christian household, and about 35 years ago, um, came to really uh, grow uh, closer to the Lord and, and receive His gift of salvation. Uh, right. I'm not going to give my I'm not going to give my whole life story here. Uh, I've had uh, a sort of uh, my walk could have been stronger than it was. Um, uh, but before I pursue that, I just wanted to say I really do appreciate uh, your show, what, what I've uh, listened to over the past four years. Uh, you're very gracious. Uh, Thank you. I've appreciated the, the gracious help uh, off the air uh, talking with people. Um, <coughs> Thanks for watching. Yeah. Um, now... Uh, I also want to let you know that I may say some things that might lead you to wonder, is this a prank call or a crank call? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, thinking uh, it because it feels like you're deliberately talking slowly you? to fill up time. I mean, sorry, I could be wrong, but since you mentioned it first... Uh, I want to let you know that I am sincere and I have the deepest respect Okay. For you. Well, what, what what's your question? I mean, we we don't need too much background. Okay. Uh, first, regarding uh, the mission of, of your own show, uh, for instance, you mentioned uh, you promote the separation of church and state, and uh, you also promote uh, positive 
positive atheist culture and present it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I do know that in addition to that, uh, you basically uh, ask your callers, what do you believe and why do you believe it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt that if the main thrust of your show were, were to be what do you believe in and why do you believe it, and um, I think over the the centuries... Um, uh, what's your question? Okay, thanks for calling. Um, Jordan in Texas. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, can can you hear me all right? Yeah, what's up? Well, I was just calling because I've kind of looked through uh, a few things like biology, um, astronomy, things like that, and I can't really find any logical reason not to believe in a higher power, if that makes sense. Can you find any logical reason to believe in a higher power? I mean... Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. I mean, like what? I mean, y'all usually do a kind of a definition type thing, I think, of God in general. Um, I'll just go off and say I'm a pantheist. So I'm not really, I don't follow religious teachings and things like that. But the way I define God is an entity that is composed of all the atoms of the universe and has a consciousness that exists throughout the universe. Uh, well, it's that last bit that I think we're not so sure about. Because if you were just going to say an entity that uh, has all the atoms of the universe, I would say, I already believe in that thing. I just call it the universe. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, most atheists just call it the universe. But, um... but I mean, consciousness is a very specific and very complicated thing. And I haven't, and we're not aware that, that like a universe wide con- consciousness exists. So if you were going to make a claim that it does exist, we would have to ask you why. Well, just, there's um, a few scientists, Bernard Haish, and he says that consciousness isn't necessarily only restricted to biological beings. I mean, uh, it really I agree. That's why I'm a big fan of, like, science fiction that has artificial intelligence. I think that's a cool concept. But... I don't see any reason why why we should think that the entire universe has one of those. We'd need a reason for that. Well, there's another scientist, and I'll just quote him real quick. As in principle, some purely physical systems that are not biological or organic may be conscious, and they're actually doing an experiment right now that the conclusion is supposed to be, and I think the end of 2018, where they're going to actually study stars, study the universe itself, and kind of trying to show why they think it's actually conscious. Um, well, that's interesting. I'd, I'd be interested to see what they, how they may go about measuring whether consciousness exists or not and how they test for that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. Like, like, we're not even fully sure how to do that on people, necessarily. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, that well, is a pretty big claim out there. It is. But I mean, I'm personally excited about it, but obviously for my own obvious reasons. But um, the reason I think that higher power is just basically a logical conclusion is just you look at the universe. I mean, everything has a reason for being there. You look at stars, they produce all the elements that uh, basically that we know of. They produce carbon, which led to life on Earth. I mean, 
meteors put these elements on planets. I mean, it's all basically systematic. There's no real reason to think that it would just happen that way. Well, I mean, except for the fact that it apparently did. I mean, that's atheist perspective, really. I mean, that's no different than me saying that it didn't. Well, but, I mean, uh, where do you think God came from? I mean, that's actually a question I've asked myself many times, and I've come to two conclusions that either most deists are right and that he's just been there, and I say he obviously wouldn't have a sense of any biological sense. But but. if you're willing to accept that as an answer, then it doesn't actually bother you where things come from. Because if you think that it's possible to have a thing just existing all the time for no particular reason, then you're solving a problem that you don't actually think is a problem in the first place. You're bringing up, you're saying you don't think it makes sense for the universe to have always been here, but you do think it's, it makes sense for the God to always have been there. So it seems like there's a bit of a double standard going on there. Well, that's one theory. The other theory that I've kind of come to myself is that this consciousness sort of developed over time and through working with different elements and things like that kind of brought in a system that actually led to what we see now. So it's type of... Oh, so the consciousness may be developed through natural processes that weren't guided by anything else. Well, I mean, it makes more sense for an energy that is conscious to come into play than the entire universe. But but wait, I mean... (laughs) I mean, that basically is the same as saying that the entire universe just came into being. You're just rerouting it through this energy thing that you made up. Well, that's like saying that all atoms came into being without a supernatural source. It's not necessarily saying that planets, stars, hydrogen, collecting and forming stars and all this happening is the same as a conscious being consistent of atoms. I mean, I mean if anything, a universe creating consciousness seems uh, more complicated and challenging to explain than just a universe. I mean, not necessarily. Mm. But we know, I mean, we see a universe exists and we don't see that a god exists. So uh, well, would... generating a god through theorizing about something that you're calling a problem but you don't really have a problem with seems like a strange way to go about finding out the truth. Okay, but if it's all natural, then even evolution, I mean, if you look at our evolution, you go back far enough, I mean, we were obviously animalistic. We had fur to deal with weather. We had all these natural adaptations. And there's a point where we get our intelligence that we start losing these adaptations and it actually becomes harmful for our species. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, intelligence is an adaptation too. It is, but there's a point where that almost wiped us out, not having fur, not having natural weapons, not having all these things was actually worse for our species than it was good. When was that? that? I don't know how you're measuring worse, considering that that, uh, humankind now exists like pretty much everywhere on the entire planet. Like that seems to be kind of success, uh, kind of a success story to me, at least for now, not assuming anything about what may happen in the future. Okay, well, if evolution is strictly not guided and it's only adaptation for survival, then what's the real use in going past microorganisms? I mean, they can exist with really high temperatures, really low temperatures. I mean, they're basically built for survival. Well, you're assuming that there's a use 
that's imposed by an external entity again. It's kind of a circular argument. Yeah. You know, uh, people developing and spreading all over the, I mean, I mean, if I could quote Agent Smith from The, the Matrix, <laughs> humanity is a virus, Mr. Anderson. Um, <laughs> and I mean, if you think about it as a virus in a way, like the fact that like a virus could be considered successful, or let's be a little nicer than a virus. Let's talk about uh, a, a viral video instead. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to pick something that doesn't date me as an old person because I'm liable <laughs> to say something that's like, nobody's looked at that video for five years. But you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean... Yeah. So, somebody, okay, uh, so, somebody punches somebody on a video, and lots and lots of people see that. There is no, uh, there is no, like, necessarily a deciding factor about whether a video spreads or doesn't spread. It kind of just does what it does. And, you know, people like or uh, ignore a certain video, but the the video itself doesn't have a reason for spreading. And in a similar way, like going back to the concept of a biological virus, uh, there's no intent behind spreading all over the place. It's just that things that spread all over the place uh, <laughs> ipso facto do get wind up being successful by that measurement. I mean, I get what you're saying, but um, <clears throat> if you look at the universe, you'll see that it's systematic, so there's no real reason not to think that it's what do you designed, mean? at least to an extent. What do you mean by systematic? Well, I mean, okay, you look at our solar system, you have the sun, you have the planets that revolve around, that orbit around the sun, and you can look at other solar systems and see the exact same thing. I mean, there's a system in the process it's gravity, but but what's the like? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of Jupiter? The purpose of Jupiter? Yeah. Yeah. Why 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 have why have a bunch of planets that don't sustain life if that's the purpose is to create create conditions that are favorable to human life? Well, I mean, you have Saturn; it collects asteroids in the in our solar system. I mean, uh. keeping them from hitting our planet. So in and your have, theory, each of the planets that are millions of miles away from us is actually a carefully constructed system with the sole purpose of benefiting humankind. I'm not saying that every planet out there is for us. I'm not even saying that the whole universe is built for humans specifically, but intelligent life itself. I, I mean, don't see a reason to believe that. I mean, there's a system to it. Well, well, I mean, you're saying that in hindsight, as one of the as one of the things that happens to exist in the universe. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you look at a system, you can obviously conclude logically that there's some sort of designer behind it. Uh, not not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily, but if you're looking for evidence of higher power, it's not that hard to find. Uh, if you are predisposed to assume that there's a higher power, then sure, it's not hard to find things that fit what you want to believe. I wouldn't say I'm really predisposed for it. I've actually, 
brought atheism to mind several times, and it just doesn't seem like a logical conclusion to what is given to us as a species that we know. And actually, scientists as of right now are so compelled that the universe is systematic, that there's even the simulation theory, and people actually accept this as a possibility. <laughs> I, I don't think the fact that some stoner college kids think that, or, or some particular people with scientific credentials think that the universe could be a, a uh, simulation in another universe, means that science as a whole has decided on that. The thing about science is that it thrives on lots of competing ideas, uh, tr trying to get mindshare uh, and yeah. people testing for those ideas to, uh, to see whether they're real or not. And it's not a surprise that people have come up with some wild, out there, interesting ideas, which could be true for all I know, but uh, you can't just latch on to speculation that some people do and then... Uh, use that to build on your assumption that science generally doesn't support. Okay, well, I mean, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? Uh, I could go into a long deconstruction of the word <laughs> believe, but let's just say yeah. <laughs> for, okay. for today. Accept, accept it as the best, currently yeah, best yeah, yeah. explanation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you believe it because of the evidence given, the circumstantial evidence, you know, the universal expansion, radiation, mm -hmm. leads to that logical conclusion. Um, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> okay. And well, then? Um, that's the same as believing in a higher power or logically. No, because, because we already established that we agree with the concept that all the atoms of the universe are out there. You made a very specific claim that there is a universal intelligence, and I still think you haven't given a reason to believe that. I mean, the fact that science is looking into that and trying to prove that. Science is I mean, looking into a lot of things. Science was looking into alchemy at one point. That didn't pan out. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the root of it. Yeah, I think you're jumping, the, you're jumping a gun a little bit. Just because science is looking or people are looking at something and, and trying to see how it works doesn't mean that, that the conclusion is valid, that your conclusion is valid. Specifically for the consciousness. I mean, they're seeing the signs of the consciousness, so they're trying to take information that they can validate to other people and basically show that it's not just their c conclusion it's i mean it's factual yeah and, 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 if, and if they do come up with evidence that would be interesting but you know i would want to know i would want to know what the experiment involves and how consciousness is defined and how you know there's all kinds of things that would go into that well yeah that begs the question is how do you actually show people that don't really understand the universe how it shows signs of consciousness. Right. So, Jordan, uh, it's an interesting conversation. Uh, I think we're going to move on. Could you uh, just stay on hold for another second and uh, and say a few words to the, the call screener after? Yeah. Uh, and feel free to call back sometime, and we'll continue. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jordan. Um... <laughs> I was fiddling with the uh, call screen interface, and I accidentally deleted the name of the caller from New York. So I'm going to cop to that mistake uh, and say, line three, oops, <laughs> uh, you, uh, you're calling from Buffalo, New York. What was your name again? Uh, my name is Mark. Okay. Hi, hi Mark. Hi, Mark. Uh, or, hi, Mark. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Um, oh, hi, Mark. Uh, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> are, are you, are you going to um, see the disaster artist? 
Or, I uh, am definitely going to see that. Cool. Uh, we're we're seeing it next week. I, we we uh, awesome. we really uh, we are fans of the room for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Sorry, well, that's Ch- a kind of intelligence, I think. Yeah, uh, liking bad art. Right. But um, I have I have two. I'm going to try to keep them quick. The the one is really quick, but. Um, last week there was uh, a person that called in and asked if the hosts uh, believed in um, loving everyone. And though I wouldn't go as far as to say I love everyone, I try awfully hard not to hate anyone, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, it's, it's even, even the people have, that have done me wrong, if things are... You know, as you were said before, is there, you know, uh, destiny, uh, if things are cause and effect, as you said, you know, I, I don't believe that, you know, blame is definitely difficult to really uh, uh, quantify and, 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 and it's a necessary component to our, you know, um, self, self beings, and you know, we do get angry and we do get upset. But forgiveness is something that I think that we should kind of try to adopt from in religion, in a way, uh, mm. because in a way, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I feel hatred towards people who I do ask that they pay for what they do as a means of either, uh, you know. A rehabilitation or you know, but and I know some people are too far gone you know I've known people who have every reason to hate someone and it's a difficult thing to overcome but um, you know I think forgiveness and things like that are actually very important in, in some respects at least at least in a mental uh, way you know yeah i don't have a i don't have a big problem with that uh for i don't find forgiveness and goodwill towards others to be particularly restricted to to the domain of religion i think you know if uh, forgiveness i think is done for your own sake more than any you know more than the forgiving as you you know you're you're, you're, true. you're choosing to let go of of something because it's not serving you uh resentment or whatever it might be uh, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say we're necessarily borrowing that from religion. Is that that's a oh, for that, sure not. That's a that's a that's a human thing right. that's been going on, and religions kind of glommed onto it like they glom onto a lot of things, ethics and everything else. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not sure that I am completely on board with forgiveness as a as a general principle. I mean, I do believe that better on a, that it is. Uh, in a lot of cases, better on a personal level not to hold on to grudges and to uh, try to see the best in people and, and uh, to try to support them and help them and see the good in other people. At the same time, I think having a value system where forgiveness is valued above all else mm-hmm. uh, can really throw the victims of uh, some, some wrong that's been done under the bus. That's uh, and I think this is really on oh. topic for the current time because, uh, you know, there have been a lot of public figures recently who, who have been, like, in positions of power and have u- leveraged that position of power 
uh, to like sexually harass people, to hold down their careers, uh, to basically blackmail them using their power uh, in order to manipulate them into doing something that they want that might that might hurt other people. Um, if I'm the victim, then maybe I am I'm in a position to forgive that person personally. Uh, but if I'm supporting a system where I say the most important thing a person sweeps under the rug the systemic problems that that might lead to more abuse. And so maybe that's not uh, the the most important thing in situations like that. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just running with your idea a little bit. No, I, I totally uh, I support that completely. I don't, you know, I obviously didn't call in to condone, you know, anything egregious. It's just, uh, you know, like you said, for the personal person, for the person that's been victimized, no matter, you know, I mean, there, it depends. It's, it's not, I'm just saying there's not, I wouldn't say it's unhealthy. Uh, uh, to, to, you know, try to forgive in some instances, I guess some instances it's not, it's, there's just no going back and it's just not something that, you know, I, I, I guess it's, it's more, more food for thought for, for me right now that, that you, uh, that you, had, you know, made that assertion that, you know, there are, you know, people out there that'll use their power and that deserve punishment definitely i you know i don't want to i want to stand by that of course uh i just uh i don't know i just i i myself have been um you know like you know wronged in many ways uh throughout life as i'm sure a lot of people have and um more so than me obviously but uh i i, I really find it easier to not latch on and at least don't let the hatred, you know, control you. I, I agree. It's right. its own mental health uh, to just right. not not dwell on the things you hate all the time. Uh, <laughs> ethics is complicated, man. <laughs> it is. It really is. Well, and it, it, it depends a lot on circumstances, like Russell was saying. It depends on, and 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 ultimately, it's up to the person who's been wrong to decide whether to forgive or not. It's not up to people, other people, to say, you know, you really need to forgive this person. Uh, oh, that, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, it's a personal thing, and it depends on a lot of a lot of specifics. Well, I don't mean to embarrass you too, uh, oh, what, but am I? I myself. <laughs> Here's here's what is it with atheism and male pattern bombings? <laughs> because what's I the deal? Them, hey, hey, we have at I, least I, three I hosts who I don't have. It. We have at least three hosts who don't have male pattern baldness. Uh, oh, oh, you yes. <laughs> I, I know, I know you. I, I know you know. You, but I'm just saying, it's. I think it's punishment. <laughs> it, if I were a very self-serving atheist, I might say something like, well, it is our enormous bulging brains that crowd out yeah. the hair follicles. But I think that would be kind of douchey, so I'm not going <laughs> to. And for it to be a punishment, it has to be a bad thing, right? It's yeah. I, right. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of cool-looking people are bald, and so are we. <laughs> exactly. 
All right. Well, hey, have a good show, rest of the show, and uh, I'll talk to you two later. Thanks. Oh. Maybe. All right. Bye. Okay. Um, William in Washington. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi, William. Oh, I'm on the air. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm in. Uh, first, I would like to, well, an opinion that I would like to bounce off you. Uh -huh. I don't know if you had it before, but first, I wish to thank you all for putting on this discussion and having a, an adversarial uh, point of view. It makes you very good disciples in the overall uh, study of belief systems because you're encouraging uh, thinking, study, and discourse. We're happy to help, man. Get, promote us to, to all your friends so that we can help more people for, well, for you. I might even contribute to you guys. Uh, <laughs> the second thing I have to do is uh, state a little disclaimer. Um, not represent any uh, official position of the Lutheran Church, okay. uh, which is where <laughs> I go, okay? I have to make that okay. clear. We have a, a doctrine that's made, you know, in the official church, and then everybody has their own person. I mean, that's so true that, of every uh, religion. Okay, yeah. All right, here's the thing I want to look at on trying to go through from I've heard and watched on uh, YouTube. Uh, you guys are supporting our evolutionary uh, development of sentient humans through natural revolution on this planet, right? So well, this we is a, have evolved, and wait. we just throw the word God in front of it and say God's revolution, and we have developed what? from, you know, more primitive first up to sentient creatures that know we die and have emotional capacity and come up with... Uh, our own ideas on where we came from. Let me, let me stop you there for a second, because because this is a show about atheism. It's not a show. Yeah. It's not the. It's not a show about evolution. So I just want to make it clear that atheists. It's not an atheist position that evolution is true. Uh, it's just oh. that a lot of atheists. A lot of atheists accept evolution because it's a rational conclusion. And a lot of theists also and, accept and, and, it too. And what I hear you say is you is you personally is this correct? You you have no trouble accepting evolution uh, as the origin of species, but you just think that there was a god that started it. Is that accurate? Yeah, Christianity. Oops. Christianity absorbs everything uh, over time. <laughs> well, and like I would the Borg. <laughs> And I would just say that I don't see any evidence for the God part of that. A lot of evidence that we evolved by evolution from natural selection, but what? But I don't see any evidence that there was a God that started it. Okay. Well, you would agree that uh, you are alive? No, I'm you? dead. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> to the best of my Isn't knowledge, I'm alive. Is this the land of the dead yes. right now? Yeah. Coco. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my first thing. Well, we've only got uh, the limited amount of time uh -huh. that we have in our known universe is not enough time to create a God figure. What? Uh, not following you. What? Uh, the way we're moving now in cosmology uh -huh. are multiple dimensions and multiple universes. Has anybody... I don't think that's a settled a, question. The question is a possibility that 
in a different universe or a different dimension, God essentially evolved into a being with capabilities to do pretty much anything given enough time. So trillions and trillions and trillions of years, you could wind up with something, an entity with power. Now, we're, we're just a class zero society. We're coming up with new lore and definitions, apparently. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you're assuming that we'll know what you mean, a class zero society, or if you're oh. just waiting for us to say, what's that, so that you can explain. But I uh, guess let's just go ahead and ask. Well, the class zero society is one that doesn't control all the power of a planet. Class Did you come up is, with that, or is that from something? No, that's that is actually real. From uh, it's it's sociological. Um, okay, so this is a term. If I talk to somebody with a sociology degree and I said class zero society, they well, would be like, "Oh yeah, sure." Well. You could go to physics too. Physicists. Wait, physicists don't do anything with societies. What? <laughs> no, no, they they try to categorize civilizations in our no, universe. They, no, Do you know what physics is? Yes, it's a study of force, power, mass in the universe. Okay, but I mean, there are different disciplines in science. We were aware of this, but it's not just all one big scientific cloud like people specialize in things and saying that physicists talk about societies seems like somebody who doesn't know what their field is and walked into the wrong classroom sorry i'm knitting <laughs> i feel like i'm just derailing your well, point but that just seemed weird well i'll just uh it just say what is, a class zero doesn't control all the gen oh I'm having problems because there's a difference between the picture and the voice. Oh, uh, oh yeah. turn off your sound. There's a little on, delay on that the, goes out. Yeah, I've got it all. Yeah, I've got that off. Uh, but the the direction for where is a god? Uh, if in this universe we exist, there there is no proof, but there's a possibility in a different dimension. Or in a different universe, because now the talking multi-universe, alternate universes, parallel, that you could have an entity develop that would have the capabilities that these people assess. Um, yes, I, I don't. I don't see a whole lot of point in in talking about what could be true. It's it's like the guy who called earlier talking about the simulation theory. It's an interesting thought experiment, but until we have some kind of reason to think that something like that is going on, uh, it's just, so it doesn't really help us figure out what's true and what's not. It, just to think up of possibilities of what could be true. Yes, and then people use faith to essentially establish their basic beliefs. Well, sure, but faith in large, a terrible way for coming to conclusions about truth. I mean, it, it's, it's, I would say, less reliable than just looking around and, uh, and believing what you see. I mean, people believe in all kinds of things, uh, but their wild-ass guesses and then deciding to believe in 
uh, a specific type of guest for no particular reason has a pretty bad track record. I mean, even if you're a Christian, then I'm sure you can recognize that a lot of things that uh, the Muslims believe is nonsensical and that things Scientologists believe about uh, Xenu, the galactic space overlord, make no sense. Uh, and, and those people believe those things just as strongly as you do, so I'm sure you can see why we don't faith a particularly compelling reason to accept your opinions. No, no I'm just trying to place it forward, and uh, I'm not asking you to accept the opinion, just the possibility of it. Now, the closest thing in science that you can come to this faith aspect would be the string theorists, which... Yeah. People don't have faith in string theory. That's why it's a theory. I'm so... Yikes! Okay, somebody's <laughs> going to take this out of context. A theory... <laughs> Actually, from what I've heard, string theory isn't even uh, properly called a theory. It is uh, an interesting conjecture that a lot of it's, people are pursuing. It's more thought experiments than yeah. anything else. That's the but I mean, I think you'd yeah. be hard pressed to find anyone who says string theory is definitely true because I have faith. No, they invest their time and effort into string theory based out of faith because they're studying. No, <laughs> they. It, I I would presume that the people who are looking into string theory are doing it because they are interested in pursuing a possible explanation about why things behave the way they do. I would say that anyone who just uh, believes that stuff happens a certain way without evidence would be a very bad scientist. Yeah, because you're just going to look for things that support your faith. You're not going to really look to see what's going on. You're, you're going to be cherry-picking, I think, if you have faith in something before you start. Yes, the, the where you'd class this thing would be opinion, but they are working on it because they do believe it might unify classical physics with quantum. Well, might but is the key word there. Well, they can't measure it, and so they're stuck. And that's why string theory is mainly a conjecture right now. And I'm sure we'll get flooded with emails to tell me that yeah. I don't understand anything about string theory. And you know what? You're right. Yeah, we're not cosmologists. That's why I, that's why I, I mean, we're, this is an atheist show. It's not an evolution show. It's not a physics show. It's not a cosmology show. We're, we're uh, you know, at best, we're people who kind of know a little bit about stuff. We're just a couple of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, okay, the question would be on this opinion of mine, uh, all I would need to do would be to uh, come up with some physical proof. Essentially, you're quite realistic in your viewpoint. You want to see uh, physically demonstrated stuff that you know is real. Something that's thing that's measurable and observable, you know, scientific method. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then there's people like uh, uh, believers, in a sense, that go off to things that are preternatural outside nature, as well as the. Uh, William, I'm going to get another just just a uh, short warning. I'm going to give you another minute or two, and then we're going to move on to the next caller. Cool. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is cool. I, I do appreciate you guys going out there. Uh, there is a essentially point that in your brain, there is a physical spot where you create an image of something else besides yourself. And it occurred when people evolved to the point that they knew they were going to die. And rather than allowing that them just to sounds like them, vision. I mean, Excuse me? that you said just sounds like vision. I mean, which a lot of well, animals have. Like uh, they can put a well, it's an electromagnetic device, a little helmet they put on your head, and then they'll turn it on, and you will sense something else in the room because it fires up. That it's the trying to evolve people into a comfortable feeling. Yeah, I, I can do die, that with a TV also. When people would die, there was a question uh, that brought up essentially a basic religion. They used to just uh, fell down when, when they were walking and walking because they had no sense of their own death. And then once they developed that, uh, then they started coming up with religious thoughts or explanation as to what happened to those people. And the brain will actually uh, develop that and for Buddhist monks and Catholic nuns, when they pray, they do fire up that part of the brain. So there's okay. more activity. But um, yeah. that's an interesting aspect, but people, you know, it's a little bit beyond what, what that is. But anyway, yep. gentlemen, thank you very much. All right. Down the line, uh, on hold for just another minute and uh, talk to our screeners. And thanks very much for calling, William. I'll maybe talk to you again sometime. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day. You See too. ya. Uh, getting close to the end of the show, I just want to remind people that we still are going to Star of India at 2900 West Anderson Lane right after the show ends, same as we do every week. Uh, I've also been asked to plug uh, another uh, media... Uh, Thing that, Produ production. That is, yes. Another media product that the atheist community of Austin has been working on. If you just can't get enough uh, atheists talking to people on the phone, uh, then we have our, then we have like our overflow show now, which is Talk Heathen. Uh, and that's on before this show. So it's Sundays at. Uh, and also, you can find all the episodes of that on our YouTube channel right along with this show, The Atheist Experience. So I think it's on a different YouTube channel, uh, uh, the Talk Heathen channel, uh, separate. Okay, right? different. Talk Heathen, look it up. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, so we're going to take one more caller, and then uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk to our live audience a little bit. Caroline? Caroline in Georgia. 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 Hi. Hello. You're on the air of the show. Thank you. <laughs> so I had questions mm -hmm. about talking to um, my pastor. I just wanted to know, like, you know, what to say being... The atheist asking the question. What What's your objective in this conversation? Finding out, like, the meaning for why you would, you know, 
ultimately believe or just just general questions like uh, that. A quick question, is your stream uh, giving you feedback or are you still playing the video? Oh, okay. sorry. Just, just checking. Uh, you, you say you're meeting with your pastor. Are you like a member of a of a church? Well, it's the church I used to go to. Okay, but how long have you been out? Uh, a few months. Okay, and you and you. Uh, so you've kind of recently decided that you don't believe, and you you want to discuss that with the pastor, or what's yeah, what's your like, what are you hoping to, to get out of that conversation, I guess? Just, um, I guess trying to, like, debate secular and Christian beliefs. Um, have you, uh, did, has, does your pastor know you're coming? And uh, yes. does he know that you're an atheist? Yes. Did he invite so. you, or or did you just? I asked. Okay. Um, what kind of guy is he? Uh, what do you remember about him as a pastor? They're all pretty nice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you're you're asking a really open-ended question. What what should what I, I ask? Um, hmm. Like. Like uh, how they perceive certain topics that are controversial, like uh, gay rights and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, Being gay myself, mm. seeing how that works in the church, how they yeah. would see it. Well, I mean, maybe I can save you some time. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to talk to your pastor, uh, but... The thing about religion in general is that uh, theists like to say that it's all coming from one root source, which is the ultimate source of all truth, which is God. Right. But now that you don't believe in that anymore, uh, maybe it's a little more obvious to you that religion is all people made up, and people pick and choose that made up stuff uh, it, it, that is most appealing to them. Uh, and some right. churches are very, very strict about uh, opposing gay rights, for example, and some churches are not. Uh, some, some gay people who want to remain in the Christian church go shopping around and looking for a church that is more of accepting, that is more accepting of gay people. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, but the point... I mean, I would prefer that they just give up on religion altogether, but it's not very useful in finding out true things. Yeah, it's kind of just tiptoeing around the real issue. Right. But, uh, and, and it may be personally interesting whether this guy that talked to you for years from the pulpit is personally supportive of gay rights. Sure that it would tell you anything more than that's what this guy thinks, and that's what this branch of the church thinks. Um, I'm, cu I'm curious, though, what, what denomination is it? It's technically non-denominational, but it's that, out, so most yeah. 
Kind of an event, one of those evangelical, non-denominational churches. That just means we have really vaguely defined beliefs. <laughs> or we have really cleared beliefs, but we don't want to associate it with a name that people might recognize. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the case, is they want, they want broad appeal. Um, but down to it, they're going to say uh, that they tend to be fundamentalist. When you get right down to it, they just... Yeah. If, if I were you, I would treat this as an exercise in understanding the whole of the fabric of society. So maybe go ahead and, and talk and don't go in with an agenda. Just go in and interview him and find out interesting things and points where you agree and disagree. And then do the same thing with somebody else. Go to your local synagogue and ask them about Judaism. Uh, go to, uh, you know, look up as many denominations as you can and have a chat with people. And I think what you'll find over time is that everybody is convinced that they know the absolute truth and everybody has wildly different opinions about what that is. Uh, I would I would uh, go along with what Russell said is if you go in with an agenda you're likely to be disappointed uh, if, if this pastor has had a lot of theological training there he's going to uh, he's kind of going to be able to outmaneuver you unless you're really well versed in theology yourself you start asking what's the biblical basis right. for I kind of like um, looked at some Bible verses quoted a few that are a bit you know not so great Mm -hmm. Yeah. The classics, like numbers and such. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of against the circular arguments they might make. Yeah. I, I mean, religious leaders are not trained in any sort of objective information. What they are very well trained in is fast talk. <laughs> uh, so they might be really good at at uh, making superficially convincing cases. And what I think is that you shouldn't go into this with the eye, with the, an eye toward winning or losing. You should just think about it as an opportunity to find things out about people's beliefs. And I guarantee that you'll be successful at that. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, good luck and yeah. thanks for calling. Let us know how it goes, because... Uh, Hopefully he won't, you know, shotgun you with, with a whole bunch of stuff and then make you right. feel like, you know, it was, a, it was a waste of time and that sort of thing. Hopefully who's yeah. op open to have a conversation. Okay. All right. See you, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Eric, what's going on out in the audience today? We can't hear, we can't hear. I don't hear a thing, yeah. Testing, testing. There yep. you go. All Hello. Right. We have on. two questions. Ralph. Hi, Ralph. What's up? Where Hi. are you from, Ralph? I'm from Eugene, Oregon. Ah, well, welcome to Austin. Thank you. I, I think sometimes we underestimate how hard it is to let go of a God belief. Mm -hmm. I know that was a long struggle for me. I wonder, uh, were you previously God believers and how long to let go of that? Not me. Don't ask me this question. No, not me either. You, you, you came <laughs> you on a week with. <laughs> yeah, neither one of us were raised religiously, so. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't I have anything to give up. I never found it very tempting. Yeah. I, I, it took me years to let go, very gradually. If, and if I had tried it later in my life, I don't think I could have done it. You never know. People give up their beliefs at all different stages of their life. Uh, 
if I had to overgeneralize, because I know a lot of people who were uh, brought up religious and a lot of atheists who were not brought up religious, uh, it has always felt to me like people who came from a religious background were especially fascinated with the problems with their particular <laughs> religion uh, and and can't get enough of rereading the Bible and stuff like that. Whereas uh, for having never been raised in religion, I just think about it as a really interesting social phenomenon. Uh, but that's that's just us. I don't know what John thinks. Well, and and I, you know, and, and I've heard a lot of people say that it's 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 really hard to let go of, especially the younger you're kind of indoctrinated into it. That, you know, the the more you are told before the age of reason kicks in, the more said it is in your in your brain and your sense of being. So I. Yeah. I understand how, and I've heard a lot of stories of people who really struggle a long time yeah. with letting go of something because it's just that firmly implanted. Yeah, it's on part, the other part hand, of your identity. It's, it's part of who, how you think about yourself. Yeah, right. But also, on the other hand, people who have come out of very strict religious traditions tend to be the most enthusiastic of people I've seen about uh, fighting back against religion. Like, for instance, I know of at least two kids who came out of the Fred Phelps God Hates Fags clan yeah. uh, and were in it wholeheartedly. And, and both Nathan Phelps and uh, Megan Phelps Roper, who had a really great profile written up in the New York Times, uh, have become very powerful advocates for non-believers. And then there's Shirley. <laughs> well, she's, she's uh, incurable. Uh, what's, uh, what else? And uh, uh, we got one more minute. Yep, our second audience member is Randy from Shenzhen, China. Wow. Oh, gee. Hi, Randy. We Hi. have, like, such an international audience today. We have, like, some people from Israel and one from uh, Russia. Like, for real, this is one of the most uh, geographically diverse audiences I've seen in a while. So my question is, uh, you get a few general categories of callers. You get traditional theists, deists, animists, atheists. Is there any one that you get really excited to push the button for? <laughs> hmm. um, I don't know. I, did, I usually don't get excited to see what their topic is. I get excited when they're good communicators and, uh, and it's an interesting conversation. Generally, so, generally, we don't get a lot of information. It'll say theist or atheist, basically. So we don't know what and stripe. A, a, a sentence. And, and yeah, and, and a brief dis, uh, description of the topic. But we may not know necessarily know which, uh, which branch of theism they might belong to until we start talking. I, I always feel like what calls are interesting or not interesting is a deeply personal experience for every host. Uh, I hear that some hosts like to uh, take one caller for like 45 minutes, uh, and that's cool with me uh, because uh, I think the most important thing about a call uh, is to uh, draw out an interesting conversation and find out about people and get a better sense of uh, who we all are. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's a personal choice. Some like philosophical discussions in depth, and, and that stuff just makes my eyes glaze over. Some people like to deep dive into the Bible. 
Uh, humanity is a rich tapestry. What can I say? Yeah, it's, it's good that we have a variety of different hosts with different interests because it, it keeps the show kind of different every week. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I like what the audience has deemed atheist self-help calls. I think that <laughs> uh, I think that finding out about what it's like to be a teenager living with a uh, with a Baptist family in in the closet, or uh, dealing with somebody who who was married when they were a theist and is worried about their relationship now that they've given up their belief, uh, or or somebody who. Uh, wants to talk to their former friends. I think those are super interesting. Not everybody mm. agrees with me. Uh, and for every one of yeah. those, there's probably 20 or 30 people watching who, who are in similar circumstances. And, exactly. and they're really helped by hearing that conversation. So yeah, I, but like, then of I course, like those too. I love young earth creationists. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's our show. Thanks, you guys. Uh, thank you for to our lovely and uh, brilliant audience. <laughs> and thanks to our lovely and brilliant crew. Yes. And thanks to every single one of the brilliant people who's watching on YouTube or will listen to the podcast later. Boy, do we suck up on this show. You <laughs> at Star of India. Bye. Hi, this is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. You know, The Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state are values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member or visiting our product page at evolvish.com under the Partner tab. Thank you.